right. <coughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> this is the 100th and first, what, what did he, 100th and first, 100 first, 101st episode of the Mental Threats <laughs> Podcast. I am here with a very special ghost, ghost guest. I'm ghost though. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a way, yeah. Uh, <laughs> special guest and uh, Mrs. Uh, Sinclair. The Courtney? It is Courtney, Courtney Sinclair. That's right. Yeah. Courtney Sinclair. Yes, my old English teacher from high school. She liked to say something. Hi, um, it's Courtney with a K, yes. and I used to say that I was the original, but then I found out that Kardashian is like three or four years older than me. Oh. I did not know she existed, though, so I still think I'm the original Courtney with a K. You're the original Courtney Sinclair, that's, that's good enough. That's true, that is true. I am the original of that, for sure. And what did Ziggy call you growing up? It was uh, Mama English? Yes, in high school, I was Mama English <laughs> for your English class. There was multiple of you, you boys that called me that. Yeah, it was mostly Ziggy, though. I think I just caught on afterward because, you know, you you know, as a teacher and everything, you did you kind of transcended past the whole teaching side. You seem to come across as more like, you know, like a like a friend, like a really, really like cool, cool type of teacher. I feel like everybody just loved your class and everything. Like, well, what, what do you think is the secret behind that? You know, that is a good question. I think that it's really important to foster relationship mm-hmm. with your students, to care about them be interested in what they're interested in. I mean, I, I can see the ridiculousness of TikTok, but I can still appreciate the language and use the hashtags and use, you know, and anytime you can throw that kind of stuff in as a huge help, you know, um, creating a, um, activities and things that just show that the kids that you care and you know them well enough to actually meet them on that level i think is really important yeah because like the whole queen's grad experience was kind of hit and miss for a lot of people and i feel like a lot of the hits kind of stretch from like some of the few good teachers and everything i know one of the teachers i enjoyed uh, besides you was a uh, mr carr mm-hmm. love mr carr is cool i know he was like everybody i thought mr carr was cool uh, mr garcia was cool i thought mr garcia was a nice teacher and miss frederick i know you are your mm-hmm. bffs and everything and miss mills is, i feel like miss mills is more appreciated after high school cause i know people get out like oh she keeps writing me up for being late and I was like a second late but as I got older like it's better to just be early like especially like yeah. being early is so because even for like your uh, superiors supervisors or whatever it looks like you actually care and everything mm-hmm. so you know shout out Miss Mills uh, <laughs> and everything you know I know back then it was kind of rough with the whole like sign up thing but we do appreciate I do I do I'm, I'm just speaking for myself I appreciate you and what you taught us and everything especially the lesson of being early and stuff of that nature so it's just like you know in regards to I think the first time I met you, I think it was at one of the talent show, um, the talent <laughs> show uh, auditions. I think when uh, my freshman year <laughs> high school, like, uh, can you explain like your experience with that? Like, uh, you know, uh, the cashier licking on me, no problem with that. Um, <laughs> your experience, like being like, uh, what led you into that role and stuff of that nature? Uh, well, partly what led me into that role of of watching the talent shows and kind of picking who got to perform based on. How And it wasn't even 100% like what they did. It was how prepared were they? And, and did we feel like they could do it in front of the whole school? I mean, doing it in front of three teachers is hard enough, but then doing it in front of an entire crowd of your peers, mm-hmm. that's that's a whole other thing entirely. Um, I really did it just because I think at that point it was Miss Thurman mm-hmm. um, who was running it. And she asked me if I would. And I, I enjoy drama. I enjoy acting. I enjoy that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Music, dance all the things you, you, my students were 
had just amazing talents in. So it was kind of fun to be able to watch that and, and not judge it per se, but say like, yeah, I feel like this person is not only talented, but also has the um, presence and the ability to stand in front of a crowd because, you know, as a teacher, that's something you have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of something that you can, you know, notice and recognize in other people. I mean, my mom raised me to be in front of crowds since I was very little. I mean, mm. I, even in the house, like even growing up, she would have us, perf- we were the entertainment. So she would have her friends over and then we would perform poems or we'd play the piano or we would choreograph dances or we would put on, um, we used to make paper bag puppet shows um, and anything to like entertain the guests. So I got used to performing in front of people very quickly. And I feel like that's something that when you have experience in that, you can recognize where people are going to be able to succeed in that. I also do want to hit back on one thing you said. I thought it was very interesting. The teachers that you listed as your favorite teachers, and I would think that there's probably several people who would say that they were their favorite teachers, are very structured people. Mm -hmm. Like the classroom was structured. You knew it was coming. You knew the expectations. There was no guessing or surprise as far as like, like, well, I did did the work. I don't understand why I got this grade. For the most part, I'd be like, no, yeah, I totally know why I got this grade. <laughs> and I, you know, and coming into the room and being like, there's an, there's an established set of rules an established pattern. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I feel is maybe not as appreciated mm-hmm. as it should be this idea that there, yes, I want to be able to, um, be free and be myself as a person, but mm-hmm. it's good to be able to do that within boundaries, mm-hmm. you know? And also it's just like, even though they're like in their own like ways and stuff, everybody had their own personalities and stuff. You can actually tell that they have like a dedication to actually uh, uh, nurturing and structuring minds. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like that's very, very crucial in terms of like when it comes to teachers, you know, I feel like y'all get a, a whole lot of flag. I don't think you get as much appreciation as how much you really structure society going forward, because like we're going to grow up to be like the doctors, the whatever the educators ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you know, we spend more time around you than our own parents throughout the day so it's just like to know that it's just like okay it's not just your parents there's other people out there that kind of kind of drop little seeds here and there and like Mm -hmm. try to encourage you in some way or another whatever you do with that after high school is kind of on you it's kind of crazy how time kind of goes by i feel like out of my group of friends i think i'm one of the few people that even got a degree which is like yeah insane to me when you look back it's like you know but at the same time you know it's not a matter of like separation or isolation or whatever but you just kind of go your own way and people and you're kind of led by like your own purposes and like Mm -hmm. what do you say is like what kind of drives you to kind of be a teacher do you currently still teach right now i'm not currently teaching um i i was teaching until middle last year and it was just i was at a small school which i loved the school i loved my students um but there were some kind of just, I guess you would say theological differences that I had with the administration Mm. and with the parents. And so, you know, we kind of mutually agreed that it was probably time for me to take a break and step back and, and resign. And so I did. Um, and I've just kind of, you know, wanted to take some time to recover from that. I mean, teaching is such a beautifully torturous (laughs) job where you just, invest so much of yourself emotionally and mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that 
I think that I'm, I'm so I'm working from home right now. I'm just kind of doing some data entry, working for um, iHeartRadio, which mm-hmm. I love. Okay. It's great, great work, great people, great team. Huge fan of everybody I work with, um, and. And so I'm kind of, but I'm also kind of refocusing, you know, being like, okay, what do I want to do moving forward? Um, education is kind of a hot mess, I would say right now. Um, and it's getting harder and harder, I think, um, for a person trying to think how I want to say this. Probably hard to kind of like get the whole, I don't want to say notes, but try to get invested in trying to set the growth factor for a lot of your students. No, no. For me, it's more, um, I am a passionate follower of Jesus and there's a lot of things that are being kind of done in the classroom or encouraged in the classroom or discouraged in the classroom Mm -hmm. that make it kind of a harder line for me to, to walk, I guess is what I would say. I see a harder line. And it's kind of feel like it might be a reflection of society or whatever, or is it just like a reflection of just, uh, I think it's a reflection of every, of everyone's need for Christ. (laughs) Um, and you know, there's, um, there's just things that I, don't think I'd be able to budge on. Um, and I think that I, you know, I still would care about kids and I still care about education and learning, but maybe I just need to find a different way to engage in that engage in, in that. another area. Okay. I don't know. I'm not necessarily hundred percent done with teaching, but mm. I'm done with it for right now. For right now. Would you consider probably teaching at a Catholic school or something like that? Or is it just not like, yeah, no, I think I'll just, Take a break. Just take a break. But maybe in the future is what I mean. Yeah. Like maybe. maybe maybe in the future it would be nice to get back into the classroom. I really love teaching. I love curriculum design. I love making lessons. I love reading a book and uncovering like nuggets in it and then yeah. helping my students also uncover those nuggets yeah. and what's valuable. Um, yeah, so – I think one book I should never forget, because uh, I know there were several books we read in your class. I know one of them was The Crucible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And was it The Great Gatsby, I think, was the second one? Yes. And I think, uh, was it Mice of Men? That we, did we do Mice of Men? Not with one? me, but no. you would have done um, Of Mice and Men potentially with another teacher. Potentially another teacher. So. Were there any other books I'm forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting. I know it's been so long. It was like 2015. It's now 2022. It's like, that's a big gap that's in time. Seven, seven years. Um, it We did... Um, and it varied from year to year, too. Yeah, we did um, Fahrenheit 451. I'm not I think. sure if I remember that one. The one where all the books were being burned and, and the, the firefighters were starting fires instead of putting them out. Um, <laughs> I still can't remember, but that's okay. the Crucible and the Great Gatsby, two, two main books. For sure. Yes. And we read um, The Tempest by Shakespeare. Okay. Um, yeah, the Tempest. I think your class was, um, was the same class as Kaylee Chambers and um, Derek Hill. Derek. And uh, no, I don't think we're in Derek. I know Derek Hill, but we weren't the you're same. We weren't, the same even, weren't in the same apart. grade. Yeah, you're apart. Yeah, okay. he was a year above me. I think. Didn't he okay. date Kayla Chambers or something? Yes, yes. Like randomly, I I don't really I didn't follow a ton of those relationships, but that yeah. was one I knew about. But um, only reason I thought about it is because. Um, I cast him as Gonzalo in The Tempest, and then a few years ago, I went to see him when he performed in The Tempest as Brevard, and he got cast as Gonzalo. So it was kind of fun to go and see him in college performing the role that I had assigned him his 10th grade year. So that was kind of fun. Sure. Shout out uh, there again. I think I went to middle school with him. So it's just like, really? you know, yeah, so I was like, actually, I found him in high school together. But I know he was a year above me. I know that mm-hmm. for a fact. Yeah. And everything. Um, who was in my class? I know Justin Lindsay was in my class. 
And okay. It kind of helps. Justin Lindsay, Taylor Huntley. I know I got his number. From yes. You. And uh, who else? I know Nautica Cole. Who else? Oh my goodness! Some of these names I haven't thought about these kids in so long. That's so sad in a way. No, no, it's not. It just life just goes on. I, I, know. I know they remember you, but it's just like okay. Uh, I know. Was Aaliyah in my class? Yeah, Aaliyah was in my class, I recall. I'm trying to remember because it's just like... I I should go upstairs and get my yearbooks. <laughs> probably my hell, but it's just like, I, don't, I feel like I'm like Assassin's Creed in a way because I just like, I'm just like an animus. I'm just like, okay, she was there, she was there, she was there, mm-hmm. he was there and everything. But that, that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Like, forgive me if I, if I forgot anybody else <laughs> in that class in particular. But uh, yeah, it's just like, before I even got into your class, I'm like, you know, like, I hope I'm in her class. And then I actually got into your class and I'm like two teachers I really was you and like Mr. Swartzlander didn't get yeah. into Mr. Swartzlander's class definitely got into your class how do you feel about the transition between a him uh between no a Dr. Smith being the principal and then transitioning to him being the principal well I don't have a ton of experience of him as principal because I didn't teach under him mm. um I do know that um that he is well spoken of that all the teachers i still currently interact with all love him as an administrator, but we all love Dr. Smith. It's just different. You know, they, everyone focuses on different things. Mm. So, you know, where Dr. Smith focused on, you know, um, more keeping the, the regimen and the, and the schedule and the rules and things that are a little bit more formatted. I know Josh is really, he still has those things, but he's really more passionate about expanding um, the student body and, and being able to build this, the gym and, and, and create a community on campus mm. in a way that, um, you know, maybe wasn't as focused on, but I think that they're both, they were both good. As far as I know, we're good administrators in different ways. Oh, cool. That's nice. It's very, very cool and everything. And it's just like, you know, from your experience, because like, well, what years did you start for uh, teaching for Queens Grand and what years did you stop? I came in January of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I stopped in, mm, I think it's 20, I think I taught there through 2015, 2015. Mm. And I stopped the the may of 2015 i think i i would have to double check i had a car accident uh, in 2016 i believe and that was covered from the wheelchair i noticed that i was like well she's yes, not in the wheelchair that's a good thing. yes i was in the wheelchair for about ooh, six seven months i couldn't walk so oh. i was bedridden actually for two and a half months oh. um and then i was in the wheelchair and on a walker for a little while oh, um yeah my graduation you were still in that wheelchair i'm like oh man yeah. i thought she had a disease like oh snap what you gotta be in there forever like oh man yeah and i remember coming to prom i'm i uh helped mr sinclair uh chaperone the prom that year and i was in the wheelchair and then he um and then we yeah we did the graduation but that was his last year too actually i think he stopped teaching after oh so 2016 was his last year teaching i think so it might have been well maybe not no because he came in 2011 and he stayed for seven, six years. Mm. So it might've been 2017. He was really adamant that he did not want to be a person who quit in the first five years of teaching because there's actually quite a, I don't know the statistic exactly, but oh. there's kind of like a statistic is a high number of people will quit after five years of teaching mm. within that five-year mark. And he was like, well, it won't be me. 
okay, that's really, really good. it's crazy how we wait till this point to actually bring up Mrs. Sinclair. Because <laughs> he's the reason yes. why you're not called Miss Van Dusen anymore. That's so true. Like, I was Miss V originally. That's true. Yeah. And everything. And y'all met at Queens Grand and everything. We did. We joked that we met in high school, but we were the teachers. So, but when people are like, oh, when did you meet? We're like, we met in high school. Like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean, teaching. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very much. But that's good that they actually show kids that, you know, your passions do lead you to like some of your uh, closest relationship, whether it be friends or even, you know, lovers in that case. That's your true. Lovers and everything. What really uh, brought y'all together? Was it like a shared interest in like teaching? Did y'all like share a favorite book or like what, what, what started? Oh my. Um, so Miss, I would say, I would say that I knew Mr. Sinclair was the one for me way sooner than he did. Oh. Um, it took him about six months to catch up. Oh. Um, and honestly, when you get there's a certain age you get to you really know yourself and you know kind of where your weak points are mm-hmm. um, and where your strong points are and you're gonna look for a partner that can be used to maybe I would say develop and and sanctify is the word I would use although that's a very religious word um, that that they kind of come and, and they rub against the parts of you that are weak and help you reform and rework those um, through you know through your marriage and through Christ the working together the three of you kind of working on your on your weak areas and I think mm-hmm. that not meeting him until I was twenty eight mm-hmm. I think was kind of a a really important thing it's kind of funny I'd had um, kind of I would say two major like I was in love. I never had a serious relationship, but I had two very serious, I fell in love, unrequited love is how you, what you call it, um, where I fell in love with them and they did not love me back. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fine now. It's good now to turn around and like see it from the, from, from the uh, ripe old age of 38. Um, but to, to really... I, I kind of didn't want a relationship at that point. I was like, okay, I can't handle another heartbreak. Like I'll just, you know, I'm finally getting into teaching. I had wanted to teach since I was in junior high and it mm-hmm. just was a very roundabout way to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm finally teaching. I'll just pour myself, my life into my students and into the school and, um, you know, give 110% of me in that way. And then I won't have time to have my heart broken. Um, and actually, for the first several months, um, I've told him this, but um, I actually was praying against uh, Tyler. I was actually praying that I would not like him because he did not seem to like me back. And I was like, I can't do this again. I can't do this again. You know, I was like, Lord, I, I, I have a very fragile heart and I can't do it. And um, we but we were, you know, we just kind of get getting thrown together in things. You know, we were we really enjoy each other's company. Um, he makes me laugh. Um, he tells he's just funny he's just such a we're both so quirky so it's it's fun to find someone who is uh same but different kind of quirky as you and um to really find a person that can both appreciate and appreciate the parts of you that make you unique and help you work on the parts of you that make you difficult to be around yeah, sure. that's very beautiful and everything in the final place like queen's grand and everything it's just like because it's such like a humble place and everything you know like you know my mom first uh thought about like sending me to this high school i'm like i'm not okay like cause i was leaving like such a really crazy situation like in middle school and everything you know long story short i was bullied but it wasn't really in the sense where it was just like a whole like oh shove them in the lockers type so it was like more like a more of, like a psychological like with rumors type it was like yeah. weird. and they get a 
lot of that in the social media age and everything. You know, it's just like, you know, trying to find a place where I can kind of grow and everything of that nature. And like for the first year, pretty, pretty good. And then it got a little bit hectic at certain years and everything, you know, weird. But after in the aftermath of it all and everything, you kind of learn to just kind of grow past situations like that. So it's like it's good that at least you found some positive. One of my main positives from Queen's Grand is that I have like lifelong friends now in a sense, but you don't really realize it until like you look back. Like I even did an episode with Chase Ellswick. I did an oh, episode really? with Taylor Huntley and everything. I did an episode with Ziggy too, like in a past episode. So it's just like, you know, there's a bunch of episodes to get into. And I interview a lot of other artists also. So it's just like, you know, this this whole podcast situation was on a vision board. And so like to even like make it like as part of my life now and everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's also a beautiful thing. But it's just like, you know, I always have that faith and sit instilled in me that it's just like your passions are going to lead you to the right people. And I feel like this is kind of leading me to the right people all yeah. the time. So it's just like, you know, nothing happens by accident. Everything is just, yeah, everything happens for a reason. So it's like, it's good. Maybe those first two heartbreaks would lead you to the, like, the right ones. Like it was the third one. Third one's trying. Third third time's a charm, as the fairy tales say, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And since then, everything's just been all just awesome and everything. Uh, <laughs> been up and down. <laughs> you ain't got to go into detail I about mean, it. every marriage has its rocks. Um, but, I, you know, the most important thing, I think, is knowing from the beginning that you're going to choose mm-hmm. that person every single day. Um, and for us, marriage is a very um, integral part of our really our belief system. Um, we really believe that marriage is, was created by God and it is meant to picture the, um, Christ, Jesus Christ and his church, his bride. Um, and that, that we are meant to, to be in this marriage until we die. I mean, when we walked the aisle, we signed and we signed the marriage license. We also signed what's called a covenant covenant. where we, um, so our marriage is a covenantal marriage and it actually puts some pretty specific um, religious and legal parameters in place where if we were to choose to try to pursue divorce, we actually would have to have a panel of pastors. Um, We would have to agree to counseling for a certain amount of time to try and work through issues. We would have to have a panel of pastors agree Mm -hmm. that it's that our divorce is necessary or that we need to divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like, even if, uh, even if that was to happen, I don't necessarily know that I would remarry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's pretty clear, at least as far as I'm reading, um, that, um, you know, and I'm not saying that divorce, that people who get divorced, Mm There are plenty of reasons to get divorced, Mm. Um, physical abuse, um, you know, mental and verbal abuse. Mm. um, If you're if it's a, you know, a dangerous situation, Um, even even sometimes, you know, um, unfaithfulness in marriage, I know, um, is is usually is can be used. But I also think that there's a a certain amount of like and I, you know, I don't not speaking from experience in this. So I might sound arrogant or I might mm-hmm. sound unintelligent or uninformed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I probably would, if, if I was to get divorced, if Mr. Sinclair was to cheat on me, which it will not happen. It just won't. Cause uh, we've just, we just won't, we, we're just, I, I can't even imagine either of us causing each other that kind of pain. Okay. But if that was to happen, I don't think I would get remarried. I think I would, um, pour myself into spending that time praying that God would revolutionize Tyler and, and redeem Tyler and, and repair Tyler. Um, or, or vice versa. I would hope that he would spend the time if it was me that was, Mm -hmm. had stepped out on him and, and we had gotten divorced that we would really focus on 
remembering that God is bigger than a situation and God can change anyone. If they're truly a believer in Christ, God can change them. And, um, yeah. Uh, as the older I got, you know, cause I sort of like as a child, I always thought like, you know, the relationship with uh, you have as like a child to God is like, it's so like pure and everything. And it's crazy how they do mention that you have to have like a certain relationship, like that of a child with like God. They have to believe like God is just bigger than just anything. And which is the truth. This really is the truth. I feel like there are points in my life where I just kind of just kind of like kind of straight away and where you just kind of, I feel like I had to kind of like roll myself back in too, to a certain degree, um, you know, cause it's just like, like, um, I'm actually building the habit now. Where I'm starting to get back in the church more often. You know, it's just like the same Hickory Grove Baptist Church, the one that they usually, you know, that's the one I I just went to Sunday school like the other way, the other day and everything. That's awesome. They like, literally on my own. I swear it's just me. Like every time, like, I don't know what my brother's doing or what my mom's doing. But it's like, I guess like she'd be kind of worked out. So it's just like she'd be kind of tired. But I try to take the due diligence to kind of step out because like literally I once prayed to one of the mass, one of the pastors, uh, Pastor Matt. I don't know if anyone's heard of you, know, you don't go to the Hickory Road Church, do you? Okay, that's fine. No, nothing wrong with that. But anyway, I prayed with Pastor Matt in regards because like my grandmother was fell really, really ill and everything. Um, she's gladly getting better. I need to really call my uncle to see how everything's getting better with her now. But because I prayed uh, with him and everything, you know, like he, she slowly after that she just kind of got better. I don't want to say it's like because I prayed. Okay, it's just me and everything. But I feel like sometimes, like through prayer, I feel like a lot of things can change, you know. And it's just like um, there was once a point, like after high school and everything, I had to transition through like community college. I fell out with a lot of people and everything. I had to distance myself from a lot of people, a lot of people who I thought my friends and they weren't my friends. Um, and it's just led to situations. It's led to like a lot of just turmoil. And it's just like you know. I had to pray and everything. Like, oh, you just got to give me a direction. Where can I go? And then I had to separate myself. And I went with Rowan and Cabarrus, a community college. I went there and I was doing pretty well over there. I was able to transfer to North Carolina Central University. And then I graduated cum laude out of the School of Business. So. Congratulations. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, it's very, very possible. Anything's very, very possible. So it's just like, you know, like with my relationship with God, I just feel like, you know, I, I feel like I see every situation. It's just like, you know, not everything. You're not going to find the answers automatically you know but you know as long as you take the lessons uh going forward and everything whether it be a loss of a friend um going on and just uh the ending of a relationship you start to just think in gratitude well every step of the way you know things might not go the way you want them to go but you know at this end of the day it's all in his plan and whatever it goes whatever he allows is going to allow what he Whatever he doesn't allow, he's just not gonna allow it, and that's just you got to keep that sense of sensibility in mind. Oh my gosh, who is calling right now? No, it better not be. Who is calling? Not not right now. I don't know. No one in Los Angeles. They're gonna have to leave a message. I'm Are you sorry. sure we're still recording? Sometimes the phone calls end up interrupting my. Uh, when I'm recording for uh, the paper. Oh, no, I'm sure we're still on. Yeah, see you. We're still on. Oh, we're still okay. on. Sometimes mine stops recording when the phone call. Um, like if I'm interviewing somebody for the paper and then the phone call comes in, sometimes it'll stop my recording. Oh, you be uh, you be interviewing people for papers too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I write for the Mint Hill Times occasionally. Oh, okay. I didn't think anybody still like look at a newspaper anymore. So like, that's a, did you just be on the internet or something like that? It's both. Yeah, it's it's a free paper that's printed and distributed around Mint Hill in little uh, green containers. You can find them. Oh. Um, but it also, yeah, it's an online. You can have articles online too. Oh, and you do that and uh, the Mint Hill and uh, the iHeartRadio stuff and everything? Yeah. 
Every day I'm hustling. <laughs> <laughs> Every day she's hustling. That's such a weird tandem from that time. Like, it's just like, no, it's like, she, she got a little bit of bronchitis, y'all. It's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to try not to cough into the microphone. It is all. Otherwise, you'll have to sterilize it for your next uh, interview. Oh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> on God's plan. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, back on the whole iHeartRadio, I know we had to transition from like a whole lot so quickly, but like on the whole iHeartRadio situation, uh, just wondering if there was any chance that like, maybe there was any openings for a job, maybe like maybe a radio personality for any chance. Hilarious. Um, well, I don't actually work with the DJ side too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you, But I mean, you can go to iHeartMedia Careers and oh. see what what's available um they're they're i'm working more in the um sales in the backside. so um sales people will go out and sell the commercial spots and then they send me the order and i put it in and actually work with the um traffic to schedule commercials and schedule airtime and schedule dj plugs and schedule uh you know those kinds of things so yeah yeah because i was looking for jobs for like a hot minute i actually found a new job actually because i was working for home care for a home care agency as their marketing executive and mm-hmm. everything of that nature um the black owned home care agency out in sugar creek area and everything and it was cool for the first four weeks i innovated uh using microsoft excel they uh, redistribute or reorganize their information they already had our hard copies and just putting it as the mailing list or the client list or, or the, the patient list and stuff of that nature so i did that just for the four weeks i was there and i was using google forms to see if we can probably use that link to send it out for referrals and everything right. so we had pretty much locked down all the basic information you know height race you know any past uh any past uh medical conditions or family medical conditions you know stuff like that all the basic stuff and then like all the phone stuff would be like medicare and social security type stuff you know mm-hmm. for the dmas and stuff so i was managed to do this for four weeks and i had to leave that place uh, due to like you know some discretion season in terms of the dress code truth be told i like wearing uh suits and uh they didn't uh for the first four weeks they were cool with it but then like uh she took me like the goodwill and everything to like um get me new clothes and they were like really really tight clothing and she said i couldn't wear anything but stuff like that and i'm just like i don't think this is a job for me anymore that's odd very very yeah everyone says it's odd <laughs> like everyone <laughs> i tell the story is like okay i, I know ah. not to know i'm not the odd one because i'm like is this, yeah. how, is this how businesses are ran i don't know yeah that's unusual yeah but now i'm gonna be working for uh novant health as uh their uh customer uh care support for i forget what the title of the thing is but it's, it's a job i just i need yeah. a job please please hire me uh but sooner or later i want to work up to being a marketing coordinator for novant so it's just like, that's you know, great that's great very very cool 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 stuff um but if we had to get back on the subject matter of teaching as a whole because i know we spoke a little bit about like uh um your experiences of being like a judge for the whole um What's it called? Talent show. show. Yeah. Talent show. And I was like, well, from the experience of like the talent show, like what experiences that that you hold as like, you know, golden that you can just remember, like, you know, remember any. any From from QG? Yeah. From not from QG in general, from the talent show side of the thing. But what were some some moments in the talent show that you cherish or that you remember? Um, I remember, I remember Ziggy's rap. Mm -hmm. I remember that. 
I remember this is not related to the talent show, but I will I will tease Ziggy here. I remember having a picture from the talent show that I had to put in the yearbook and he was flipping the bird and I had to get Ben Troner to use Photoshop <laughs> to to duplicate his finger and make it look like he was flying peace signs because he was he was flipping the bird in the picture and I couldn't use it was a great picture of the whole group behind the scenes, but I couldn't use it because it's so we copied his finger and gave him two fingers it's in the yearbook anybody who has their yearbook can go look that is a photoshop second finger on ziggy's hand that year at the talent show i remember um victoria singing uh, let it go oh, okay. and i remember the reason i remember that one is because i remember the um she did the special effect where she had a wire attached to her thing and she actually like changed outfits on stage oh. when she that she jumped the key she actually had somebody pull a string and it changed her outfit on stage which was pretty cool, pretty cool. i remember laney swick doing um ballad of love and hate by avett brothers oh. which has become one of my favorite songs since her performance i really love that song i remember i remember that well this is selfish but i remember the teacher band uh-huh. playing who are you by the who oh. um it was mr looper was the guitarist and the soloist oh. and then mrs foster's husband played the drums oh. and miss frederick sang vocals i played the bass and miss Cant played the keys and oh. we sang while they were tallying the votes for like the winner of the student talent show we sang a song <laughs> That's still pretty cool though. Like I remember, it's just like cause I was only at the one where Ziggy was performing because it's like yeah. that was my that was literally one of my bestest friends in high school. Plus we carpooled together, so it's like I had to support him <laughs> and stuff of that nature. I thought his performance was just so like awesome. Like, oh wow, look there goes Ziggy and stuff of that nature. I really wish I hope he would drop some songs from time to time, but I really hope he would just kind of drop like a mixtape and everything. I dropped a mixtape somehow. I don't know how. I mean, I don't. You you seen the uh, mixtape, right? Uh, the one I, I dropped on. Instagram. Yeah, it was a couple years ago, right? It was on Instagram. Yeah, it's on twenty twenty one. Actually, not a couple years ago, but like last. Oh, yeah. it was last year. See, I'm telling you, man. COVID like changed everyone's concept of time. No, really. <laughs> it feels like half a decade. It really hasn't been that long. It's so bad. <laughs> so so bad. Have you got to listen to some of the songs on my mixtape yet? I listened to one. And I am not, I'm going to insult you and not remember. That's okay. It's not insulting. But I did listen to one because, because, you know, you shared it with me specifically. And mm-hmm. so I listened to it, mm-hmm. but I don't, I haven't, if it makes you feel any better, sorry, Ziggy. I haven't listened to any of Ziggy's. That's okay. It's all okay. It's okay. Um, I just want to work as hard as I can. I was supposed to get in the studio like this year so I could be able to drop music again, but you know, me trying to find a job and everything. And then I had to leave my last job. I had to start this next job probably in early October and everything. So it's like, I will soon again. Uh, but it's just, I feel like next year is going to be where like I'm really going to attack, 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 attack yeah. and everything. Cause I actually locked down with like one producer and he's like really working with me and everything. I want to stick with him until like I can really get like, until this becomes like second nature for me mm-hmm. in a sense. But it's like uh, yeah it took me months to actually put that tape back. i couldn't even believe i actually put that project i never performed a song uh, live before but i plan to maybe one day one day once i get the courage again you know what i have upstairs i have a rap you wrote for me really yeah. you still have it yeah. really no no you don't it was a birthday card yeah it I was a it. birthday card yeah oh my gosh I can get it. definitely we'll pause <laughs> like i don't even know like i've been thinking like i only have it like i still got my rap books but i haven't brought it and everything but yeah she's currently about to go get she's getting a rap i got for her <laughs> written in a birthday card i i don't even know if i remembered it but yeah 
how like you used something like um how like I was fly because that was the word at the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have it. I remember it. I'm just oh. trying to. <laughs> no, she did not find uh, the. She didn't find it yet. She will find it very eventually. It. I know you you saw it like a couple of days ago, right? Um, probably like a couple of weeks, but because I've been going through and trying to clean out our house right. and get rid of stuff, it's really bothering me that I can't find it. I did find a little card up there that you signed, but it was from everybody for my birthday. But it said like, "We love you, Miss B." From T. <laughs> yeah, and keep in mind, uh, everybody knows this, but T is not short for anything. It's literally just T and then two E's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a name. Literally a very, very unique name and whatnot. But it's just like, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's like I, I definitely wasn't one of the students that you. I don't want to say forgotten and everything because it's just like. You know, I kind of leave a carbon footprint. I don't know where I go. It's just, I don't mean it. It's just kind of, it kind of, it just kind of comes with it. But I know amongst a lot of the other students, I don't want to like talk about who, which one was your favorite or whatever, but it's like, you know, if you like to go in discussion about all the ones that you really, really liked and everything, the reasons why you like them, you're free to do so. Ones that I remember. I mean, I like, I like all my kids. I really do. Everyone is, everyone has... I think of every single kid as like a, like a multifaceted jewel. Mm -hmm. And there are some sharp, like when you think about a diamond that hasn't been fully developed, there are sharp edges and there are parts that aren't pretty yet, but there are parts that are beautiful and um, that really reflect inner, inner light and shine. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think about the kids that I taught and if I was to go through the yearbook, I could probably go through and be like, like, even if I was to look at like these, the names on here, I have like all these, let's see. So this is, um, Sumaya. Sumaya. Chow Aziz. Don't remember. She drew, she drew this whole thing. Looks nice. Um, and then everyone signed it. I'm remembering if I read the names, I mostly can remember Savannah McCollum. I'm still in touch with her. Um, Nathan Weems, he, uh, came his junior year was his first year uh-huh. and he uh, wore, I remember him also because of, uh, because of yearbook too. Oh, okay. So I remember there's a picture of him in the yearbook in a Kermit the Frog shirt <laughs> doing the push up challenge. Um, <laughs> yeah, Savannah was cool. Yep. Um, Sarah Coble, she was really quiet. Um, mm-hmm. she had a really pretty little freckle. Mm-hmm. Um, Deja Murphy had a um, beautiful red hair. Um, very, very sweet. Um, quiet, but, but sweet. Like she would just would say kind things kind of mm-hmm. as she was leaving the classroom. She was one of the few that would at that, you know, that would be like, thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, or have a, you know, mm-hmm. Kaylee Chambers. I talked about her. Mariah, Mariah Warren. Um, she, I remember actually running into her. She was walking her dog out by her neighborhood that was down the street from QG. I remember running into her. Zuri, uh, he went to university of Penn, um, or Penn state, Penn state up there. And I, I seen him on Facebook. He kind of is like one of those recommended friends, but I, I, I don't mind. I'll accept if kids ask to be my friend, but I don't want to like traumatically in case somebody's like you you're you know i didn't you know because i don't know who there's mr sinclair oh he's coming right now yeah i love you love (laughs) yes lovey lovey ring heart and lips you can answer the call if you want like you want me to pause nah it's hey babe i'm just talking with t but if you're on your way home i'll see you soon okay i love you bye Bye. oh is he on his way here 
Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Wonderful. Maybe he might <laughs> pop in during like the second half of the interview or stuff of that nature. I know we're just kind of going all over the place right now, but it is Jim what it is. Jones, he he was um he was he always wore black t shirt black shirts, collared t shirts, whatever. He was always in black and then his khaki pants. Mm-hmm. Um Kara Moyes, she had um um she had a really sweet smile. Okay. She was um she was quiet, but she had a really sweet smile. There's Mr. Sinclair's signature. Kelsey Delaney, she had a lot of personality. Kelsey Delaney. Oh, yeah, I recall her. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's coming back yeah. to me. And then say like that the ones that signed together. So Morgan, Julia, Anna, and Kelsey. Morgan and Julia actually came to my wedding. Oh, that's like, nice. Like, I actually extended an invitation when I married Mr. Sinclair to all the oh. students. And they actually drove down. Oh. And we're at my wedding. I have on my... Um, Sorry, I missed out. Probably didn't have a car. <laughs> Probably not. I had a picture frame. I have a picture frame upstairs that has everyone that was at my wedding signed it. And it mm-hmm. says, like, we're so happy for you, Morgan and Julia. Mm-hmm. So I have them there forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Noah Smith. And he wrote hashtag turned down for what? Because I he was in your book and I made that year. <laughs> that yearbook. We, that was the year we did the um, flash mob at oh. lunch to advertise the um, yearbook event at the end of the year. And we all did a dance that... Um, Oh, she's she's engaged to Dorian Williams. Um, Dorian, oh Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Ross. She does not. She choreographed the dance for us, and we all like we did like the Bernie, and we did it was a whole thing. Let's see what else. Oh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Yep, he was um, a blonde blonde kid. He and Brett Day mm. used to hang out together. Lisa Piacesi, I used to call her my mini-me. I think in the yearbook, we actually were like twins, twins days. Um, let's see. Oh, Michael Alston. He proposed to me when he found out Mr. Sinclair had proposed. He proposed. Oh, Michael Alston. I remember. <laughs> I think it's all coming to my head. It's just like, I'm trying to think. I hope I don't get them mixed up. Uh, with the kind of like a New Yorker accent. Yeah, okay, yeah and he yeah. had his cousin was Michaela. Oh, uh, I didn't know they were related. But yeah, they were cousins. Cool. Anyway, so if I look and I see the names or I see the faces, I can remember specific things with pretty much every kid. There are always going to be kids that fall through the cracks. Um, uh, I feel like I was better about, or I tried to be better about noticing the kids that normally would fall through the cracks because I was a kid in high school that kind of fell through the cracks. Uh, so my sister who I'm very good friends with now, um, we were very competitive and she is, she's amazing. She's an amazing person. She's gorgeous. She's uh, effervescent. She's a social butterfly. She um, is a sweet person. She's really smart. She's really well read. She's a lover of Jesus. She's just this an amazing mom. And so she, you know, even back in high school, she was just kind of like everyone naturally gravitated towards her. Mm. And so, you know, now we're fine, but it did introduce some competitiveness in me or like almost like I was like, okay, well then if I don't need a bot, like then I just want nothing to do with anything my sister is involved in or knows how to do or does. And so it kind of, you know, through my own choices, I kind of fell through the clack, cracks for some, I think, a lot of teachers. It happens, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess with me and my brother, I don't know if you remember Taurus. I don't think you yeah, had Yeah, he was, he was a freshman. I think my last year was uh, his freshman year. So I never got a chance to teach him, but I remember Taurus. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, Taurus and Zoe actually are still together like today. Zoe. Zoe King. King. 
not sure if you probably had her in the class or whatnot, no, but I know Mr. Sinclair might have. I, I know that uh, she was really. I think she was really close to what was that? Uh, Tara Brunt's like a uh, mother. Who was Tara Brunt's mother? A uh, Miss Brunt. Like I think Miss mm-hmm. Brunt knows of her really well. But yeah, they've been together since high school. Like, oh, I think they're going cool. to seven years now. But see, they get to say when they when people say how did you meet and they say we met in high school, they actually get to mean they met in high school. <laughs> so Mr. Sinclair and I like deceiving everybody. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It, it, everyone's experiences is different and everything uh, of that nature, you know, with siblings and stuff. Um, I think the deal, like me and my brother, is just like I was kind of like I kind of put him on to a lot of things growing up and everything. So it's just like he kind of like he expressed himself through the way of that. So we always had share a lot of like interests and stuff like hip hop, anime, and just stuff of that nature. So it's like this is like I got we're kind of each other's like support system in regards to everything in life and stuff. So it's just like that's just, I know yeah, yeah. I I gotta be honest. I do not understand the fascination with anime. Can you? explain it explain well i see it's just like there's a lot of like elements in story in terms of t- uh storytelling that comes like with uh anime so like just like what harry potter and their world building anime has their own distinctive world building for each mm-hmm. one like for naruto they got the world of uh in, in, in a ninja world so it's like you know the politics everything in regards to that it all connects with like these jutsus and these powers but also it's just like you know trying to gather resources too all that background stuff but then there's also a sense of like you know kekagenka that you gain like through a bloodline these powers that you connect with through a bloodline certain uh, families of ninja have certain powers the other the other um families and ninjas don't have mm-hmm. and sometimes they have to work together all these families coming together to form a village and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature and then you have like oh you know there's just like the world building is really what brings people together now with dragon ball z you have like you know these like these powers when it comes to key martial arts and how you, they can literally become so powerful that they can literally blow up planets and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature but then learning trying to balance like day-to-day life and stuff of that nature or it's just it's just so many different worlds you can really go into to. I would like recommend something I would recommend. Uh, I like Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is really good. That's just something I personally connect with. Um, but it really just depends on whatever your interests are. Like I'm pretty sure anime has something like that would like, you know, give you that uh, that interest. And in. I feel like with our generation we had a, a, a block on Cartoon Network called a Toonami. And that really introduced a whole lot of people to like uh, the, these Japanese shows and stuff mm-hmm. in the English dub. And so like a lot of us uh, really fall into to that is we kind of see it as like nostalgic to a certain mm-hmm. degree and so now it just kind of bleeds yeah. into different types of culture and stuff so like you know for instance uh what is your um what are the things that you really really like i know harry potter is one of them for sure i i enjoy harry potter um well i guess it, i have so many things i like um but if you're thinking nostalgic i was thinking that's kind of an interesting thought that it's like what you grow up with is what you it kind of creates that develops that inside of you that's really interesting because i you know i um still have i mean they're on display over there but i still have some of my original my little ponies um so that's i mean and that's from when i was you know a kid where the age where you were for toonami it would be probably the age i was for my little pony so it is true that things um kind of form 
you the things that you're interested in. You can st- and still hold on to them. I do think that it's funny that as an adult, um, because I don't have kids mm-hmm. and so I have a little bit of expendable income, not a ton, but a little bit that it's mm-hmm. like, oh, now that I'm adult, I get to spend money on things I want to spend money on, you know, so. Um, enjoying it. Enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Basking the, basking all the <laughs> things that you, you used love. to. I mean, love. within budget, you know, we, we don't, I don't just splurge like we. Mm-hmm. Um, follow our budget, but, but, uh, do work some space some breathing room in there for like fun things because, you know, it's important to yeah. enjoy. Yeah. I guess just a lot of the characters in anime just represent, um, just certain things that we like to carry on as we grow older and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature. Like, you know, like the characters in Dragon Ball Z, for instance, like, you know, you have Goku, um, Goku is like a superpower martial artist, you know, uh, he started like very humble, you know, like just being like a kid from the woods. And then somehow like he gets in contact with this billionaire, um, adventurer type, uh, woman who just like goes out and seek these, uh, these artifacts called the Dragon Balls. And you, gather all six of them and you summon a dragon and he'll grant you any type of wish and everything so that's pretty much aligned with a lot of like the adventures basically mm-hmm. really meeting all these other martial artists these demons and stuff but really goku really grows into being so powerful yet still being very gentle being one that really sticks with his friends and stuff of that nature and then all the other characters like you know uh, two characters in particular like vegeta or piccolo um enemies he had to face but in due time they become uh, allies do like common threats too but also they'll sense of like no matter how bad you might have done things or many any things that you might have done in the past you can still redeem yourself you can still uh, stand up for righteousness even no matter what wickedness you may have done in the past mm-hmm. or like there's characters like uh like gohan who is like a half saiyan which is like you know that's what goku is like you know he's actually like not even human he's actually from space and that's where he gets all his powers from oh, but uh, yes yeah, crazy it's like really crazy world uh it's just like okay like you know like you might not want to fight or whatever or you might not have an urge to like fight or battle and everything but when there comes a time where you have to stand up for your family or stand up for the things that you love you have to gain that strength to protect them you know there's just so many different facets of storytelling that we actually gain from these characters whether it be naruto never give up on your dreams always keep fighting um yusuke even when you feel like you're worthless or you're not you're not appreciated truth is you are appreciated and you are loved and it's all really just a matter of just putting those people first and not thinking of yourself selfishly so it's like you gain a whole lot of this knowledge a whole lot of this you know these quirks from these characters and you just learn to just kind of like not in a sense innovate but just kind of learn to just kind of guide you you know just like any other fictional character in the past that's what anime is too so it's just it's just the same way and stuff of that nature do you really get any of this quips from harry potter what do you learn from harry potter Hmm. I think all stories that are good stories mm-hmm. have something that connects with you on a human level. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, um, I mean, Harry Potter, I just enjoy the, the good versus evil, the great, the great battle, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that, um, and that when I, you know, some of my, and I'm going to sound like such a cliche, but it's some of the smaller characters are the ones that make the biggest, mm-hmm. um, impact. And you don't realize that mm-hmm. they are making such a huge impact until, you know, the whole series wraps up and you're like, Oh my word, this character, this thing that I didn't think meant anything in book one is totally this whole thing that unfolds, you know? So, that's I just, but that's also really well written story, mm-hmm. I think. So, 
Yeah, I really need to get into Harry Potter for sure. Because I know they'd be having it on ABC Family when it's like Christmas time. I think on HBO you can watch the whole thing. So it's like, I have no yeah. excuses now. So I need to get on it. They do okay. I, I you know, I'm going to be the literature teacher. I'm going to say you got to read the book. Mm. But. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I don't know why. It's like, I like. <laughs> I, currently, I'm reading the four agreements and everything. I'm trying to take at least 14 pages a day so I can be able to finish the book in like 10 days and stuff okay. to actually, like, you know. But it's just like, you know, there's other books I actually have, like, uh, uh, I think Think Rich, Go, Grow Rich, I think is the one, and like okay. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Definitely want to, like, get those books within, within my mentality of just of literature because, like, you know, these are books that really change other people's like mindset to really become mm-hmm. redirect uh, their trajectory to actually become successful. And it's like, you know, at this stage of my life, you know, I'm really at a transitional stage where it's like, OK, like I'm leaving college like and now it's like I'm really about to head into the real, real world for real this time. But at the same time, I want to seek out um, my master's degree um, in business. And I also want to seek out to get my doctor's degree somewhere down the line, too, whenever I relocate to Washington, D.C., because I want to go to Howard University university my father works at the hospital there so it's just like you know once i really got to nccu i just can't get enough of school i just love learning and stuff of that nature but it's like i want to actually learn i want to actually uh use whatever i learned to actually be um uh be something um of a positive to actually push a more of a positive note for uh, my family and also my culture in Liberia also to really give them opportunities too. And it's like, it's really just a matter of really taking that first step forward and stuff of that nature. But it's do you like, think yeah. you'll go back to Liberia and develop business there or do you plan on like, how are you going to, are you wanting to do like um, host foreign exchange students? Like what are your goals and dreams for that? That's really cool. I mean, there's a whole lot of like, you know, not I want to say back and forth and whatever, but there's like a really, there's a whole lot of work to be done in Liberia. You know, it's two, after two civil wars, it's a lot. It's kind of like a mess. I mean, right now we have a soccer player as like the president, which is like, you know, I'm not trying to get on him, but it's okay. It's like, but it's kind of like, you know, getting Hulk Hogan to be like, I know you're a wrestling fan too. It's like Hulk Hogan to be the president. Of we keep America. that on the download. Oh, you know why not? I know, I know you're a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. I for am. Sure. I am a Steve Austin fan, but we don't talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it? I, that was one of the main things I wanted to speak about too. No, it's not. It was. I know. I know you posted it like uh, on three sixteen day. I was like, uh, um, that uh, I think uh, Stone Cold was one of your uh, wasn't meant. MCMs or whatever. Yeah, man. It was. I was joking. It was back when Instagram was like a thing. Mm -hmm. But I was joking because it was actually a Woman Crush Wednesday. But it's also WCW was the world world federation championship. Yes, exactly. So I was joking about being like wcw is my woman crush wednesday but no yes i am i do like steve austin everything i know stone cold steve what was your favorite i know on the attitude area is like stone cold i love the rock and everything you know like that was i like the rock i like who he is now um not a huge fan of him back in wrestling Mm -hmm. as the rock but i i think that i love it when people can redefine themselves um i think about like william shatner Mm -hmm. um has kind of redefined who he is over the course of his career um there was a guy named leslie nielsen i know i'm kind of thrown back here he's he was a very serious actor Mm -hmm. in the 50s Mm -hmm. 40s and 50s Mm -hmm. and then he was in the end of his life, he was in towards in the eighties and nineties, he was in a bunch of parodies. He, you mm-hmm. probably would recognize him more along those lines. Um, like airplane and mm-hmm. naked gun one and one and a half. And, mm-hmm. um, some of those like parody movies that make fun of 
movies. Oh. He, but so he kind of like reinvented himself. And so I, I think that that's one thing I admire about like people like the rock where oh. they can reinvent themselves into something new. Oh, like a movie, super movie star and everything. I, I would say like, would you say like Robert Downey Jr. is one of those people on your list? Yes, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Very big inspiration for sure. Like, cause he, like, without him, there is no MCU like now. That's true. Like seriously, like imagine just like having an issue. I think what changed his life is he had a bad burger at Burger King and just like, you know, like I need to get my life together and then boom, Iron Man and stuff of that. Nature. I don't know the full story. I knew he was back in the 80s. He was a heartthrob mm-hmm. actor, yeah. teen bop movie. Um, and then I know he got into drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of gave him that. I wouldn't I don't know the story of like why he turned around, but then he kind of like 180 it. And walked the other way. He went to Burger King. That was literally it. I'm not even trying to mess with Burger King. I actually like their mozzarella sticks. Sometimes I go, I don't know. It's like a weird thing to get from a burger place is mozzarella sticks. I like their buns. I think they're, I love Whoppers, but their fries could, their fries could stand some, some revamping, but their burger buns are the sesame seed bun. It's choice. (laughs) <laughs> i know they got the whole uh, mystery fanta and everything uh mystery fanta drink i know it's like what strawberry shortcake i think now oh i haven't tried it you haven't tried it yet it's really good it's actually like great i was like wow what is this like, what is the flavor but i didn't really care it's like this is too good to even care whatever it is i love it and everything but it's just like uh yeah it's because he ate a bad burger and he just like saw that burger it's like wow i need to get my life together and that's what really set the trajectory huh. and everything well i know it's a weird story but it's just like <laughs> I don't know. It's like, like, man, I guess I'll just go to McDonald's now. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I will say, like, it's one of those things where if you go to, like, Hibachi Grill and you, you're like, I'm going to go eat a Hibachi Grill and you bear, you're just standing there for about five minutes, you will never eat there again. Mm. Just standing there, smell it and look around. And I've never eaten there since because I'm like, man, I, I don't want to be like I, I've, I am bigger than I want to be, but I don't want to be. 600 pounds oh really know? i mean it's like i mean for my case i know you see like i come i'm kind of a little bit slender now yeah. and everything which is crazy i mean but it's like it's just like i don't know i feel like a lot i had to do is just me losing my appetite as i got older and everything yeah. like i like to eat but it's just like you know only on special occasion like, if i were to go to hibachi like i would have to go there like you know when it's really really special like mm-hmm. when i'm just like i really because i love eating their muscles and their sushi that's the main thing i go for and everything but it's just like you know i just feel like it's just a matter of priority i know i exercise i try to run every day and i try to like weight oh, lift as much great. as i can yeah as much as i can if i don't run in one day i might just run like the next day but it's like it's a good stress reliever you know to exercise and stuff of that nature well, but it's, it's just really like, yeah. good to get into the habit of that at your age and when you're young enough to get into it because when you get to be my age and then you have a car accident and then because of the car accident you gain 75 pounds because mm. you can't move mm. um you know now i've got as you see over there i've got my recumbent bike so i've been trying to get back into actually moving and burning calories mm. but a lot of it has been controlling my calories and my portion sizes too oh really you know what really brought it down for me is like i went on something called a daniel fast i know you're pretty religious yeah. you heard of something like that right yeah it's like where it's all i had to do which is fruits and vegetables and like get away from sugar and everything so it was like really just a spiritual thing at first and then it manifested something like more when i kept messing it up what was that this that's Mr. Sinclair. Oh, okay, that's uh, for anybody that's in the background hearing that. That is uh, Mr. Sinclair, I assume, in the background. And uh, the cats are moving in that direction, I assume. That's because when Mr. Sinclair comes home, they know it's time for dinner. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I guess the cats are getting excited for that. Oh, there he is. Good. I was, <laughs> it. It was, hey, how's it going, Mr. Sinclair? How's it going? I'm just interviewing uh, Miss Sinclair right quick. Okay. 
You're free to hop in if you like and everything. Oh, she's got the good ideas. Oh, no. I told him, I said, I said, don't think you'll get away with it. Maybe he'll be 102. 102. <laughs> 102. I wonder, maybe you can hop on, on another episode, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, now it's like, I know where y'all stay at. So it's like, which yeah. isn't very far and everything. It's actually. Yeah. Like right, I think it's like how far are y'all? Y'all like seventeen minutes away from me. I live on the East Side, Charlotte, so it's just yeah, seventeen to twenty. Seventeen to twenty, depending on time of day. Depending on time on day, but it's like uh, yeah, for my case with the whole we're talking about like fasting and like calories and stuff. That that's where you walked in. Yeah. We're just okay. talking about everything. We're talking about everything. That's literally what this podcast is about. You talk about <laughs> literally everything. So, uh, your wife is the hundredth and first episode right now. Okay, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, very exciting. long time. No, for real. Um, but anyway, I miss Sinclair. I like what I did and everything for the whole Daniel fast is like I found this Mediterranean restaurant and all I ate for like twenty one days because I kept messing it up. I thought it would just be something dumb like a piece of caramel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the doctor like, oh, wow, a piece of caramel. That's not, oh, I was on a fast. Oh, I messed it up. I got to start <laughs> over again. And then it's just like so me messing it up kind of helped like kind of prolonged it for a while. And um, but what I was eating uh to really help for the 21 days because during that 21 days I was also in and out of the studio so it's just like I really had to get my mind right um I ate quinoa chickpeas and lentils from a, a place called Wayfair a Mediterranean restaurant I just say that's all I want to eat and that would be kind of weird I was like don't you want to add some meat or something to this and it's just like nah just just that and that's all I would eat and then I would just that would just magically go away like for a while um because I was also exercising and running too so it's just like you know just something to think about like you can also do fast and you can probably like set up like a fast whether you want to take just one week out of the month or whatever or if you just want to just do in between days or something like that you know start off slow with it and then like you know once you have a taste for it and then like, your, your body starts kind of feeling better over that you know that's how it breaks down toxins in the body because it's not just you know uh, fatty adipose tissue it's also toxins which I actually make it harder for you to just kind of melt everything away so it's just it's something to keep in mind if you actually want to still keep going in that direction yeah. or whatever but i mean oh i've i've um i've lost 25 pounds since the beginning of the year i've been pretty steady losing the weight um i actually do do a form of it i only eat between the hours of seven and seven mm-hmm. although tonight i'll probably have to eat a little past seven because you know it's already quarter to seven <laughs> I mean, at least you got something set up. Like, I didn't eat, I didn't eat nothing all day. Like, I was like in bed all most of the day. I don't know what's up. It's just I was just in bed. It's like, oh, it's already eleven o'clock. Like, okay, I'll just keep laying down. Then <laughs> it's just like, what else I got to do? Okay, I got to interview this Sinclair. I got another interview. Oh no, he canceled it. Good, great, <laughs> wonderful. But it's just like you know, I'm just trying to still hit like uh twenty episodes this month. I'm really gotta get close to hitting that hundred fiftieth uh, mark and everything. But anyway, I, uh, if we had to switch back to the Queens Grant uh, memories okay. and stuff of that nature, what are some memories that you hold? Uh, that you'd really cherish outside of the whole talent show stuff and just anything in general wow I don't know if you were if you were there when Miss Frederick and I used to do Harry Potter wand battles in the hallway no (laughs) yeah we used to do those and I used to knock on her door randomly and sing um, would you like to build a snowman and she would go go away Elsa and I would say Okay, bye. And shut the door when I was on planning and she would have a class. Miss um, Mills and I are very close friends now. Um, I really I have fond memories of um, all sorts of stuff with her. I'm trying to think. What are some of my stick standout memories at 
One this memory from Miss Mills that really had me laughing. I think Monty was in my class and he tried singing like the thing from the old like uh, apple bottom jeans boots with the fur. <laughs> but he kept messing it up and it's actually Miss Mills. Actually, it's apple bottom jeans boots with the fur. And I, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was laughing. I don't even know if she still remembers it. I just thought it was so funny because he wouldn't expect her to know a word for word, but she did. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I definitely, those kinds of things are fun. I have um, memories of, I can remember, I probably won't remember. <laughs> repeated here, but I can remember the first time I ever swore in class and I was doing it as snarkily. Um, but I remember, um, it was, um, it was the class I had Ziggy and Milani, Milani Crawford. Oh yeah. They were and, in a class together. Yes. And I, um, I dropped, I dropped the A word okay. in class and they were just like, they were like, <gasps> you know, and I, I always love to drop whenever I can. That's why I was saying like, under, like remembering hashtags and remembering, you know, slangs and things like when we did great Gatsby, I remember one class where I said, Daisy was a thought mm-hmm. and everybody just was like, Oh, Miss Claire, you know what a thought is. But that was, <laughs> that was also part of what I was doing with that unit was we were, cause we were talking about, um, the, the evolution of language and the mm-hmm. fact that, that some of the words in that book, you can't understand if you don't understand flapper mm-hmm. where they were speaking like that in the 1920s and they had their own slang. Yeah. And so then we talked about like modern slang and I was like, so if we were using modern slang to describe this, then I would maybe say da- Daisy is a thought. And they were like, Oh, you know. Daisy is a flapper. Okay. So. Well, or Daisy is in that, in that era, she'd be a Sheba. A but, Sheba. Yeah. But you know, you, you, you have different, different, um, different words that and that evolves over time you know that was a weird role i know in the live action where they had tommy mcguire in that i'm just like mm-hmm. mm. she came back for no way home and i'm like wow the spider-man movie mm-hmm. like no way. i'm not sure if you've seen yes it. oh i loved it except i didn't see it opening night if you're an mcu fan you've got to see it in the first couple of weekends because mm. i saw it later and i was the only person that was like cheering and it was really awkward. Yeah, because it was like it was so quiet when we went and everything. Like me and my brother feel with like the most like you know like why y'all come to see this movie so early if y'all aren't excited to see the movie? I know, right? And it's just like man, I saw it I think twice in theaters because the first time I saw it with my brother and the second time I saw it with my brother and my nephew mm-hmm. and everything. So it was just like it was just so like out of body experience because we for years they said they were gonna do something like this but we never really knew it was gonna happen yes. until it happened. Yeah. So it was just it was just beautiful to know that that happened. So so it's just like, you know, William Defoe didn't drop, didn't skip a beat. Yeah, like, he for, was great. They were all, I thought, I thought every, I thought that movie was, I thought a lot of people were great in it, like re- reprising those roles um, that they, you know, brought to life. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and it's just like, it's just crazy because it's like William Defoe really is underrated for real because for 20 years not stepping in the same suit and everything, and it's like you're still just as menacing as you were and still have the same quotes and everything, quips of the first Green Goblin and everything because like he was the first Green Goblin mm-hmm. and then like his, like James Franco tried to take it over that for the third movie awkwardly and then it was just yeah, the like, whole movie was awkward though that the spider-man 3 was an awkward mess it was just a big meme when you, when it was of, when you really think about it was it, awkward it was very very so i feel like a lot of it because people thought like the suit was gonna be like more like reflecting to the comic book you know but then it just became well i just just turned it black like did you even try to like make it different you know it's just no they didn't try so it's just like on, on top of that I feel like they would have gave like an extra year to just kind of reconsider things maybe um, but then it was just like but then uh, Andrew Garfield I feel like redeemed himself and I don't feel like he needed to redeem himself he was just his own Spider-Man and it's just mm-hmm. like some people liked it some people didn't I liked it and everyone oh, I came Amazing back. Spider-Man was great 
Yeah, seriously. I feel like there's more chance for them to make a third one, which is wonderful. Um, but then it's just it really opens new avenues for storytelling, you know, mm-hmm. for the whole multiverse theory and stuff of that nature, variants and stuff. Like it's just crazy how like so many shows kind of led up to it. So, of course, there's multiple Spider Man because you watch WandaVision and if you watch Loki, it's like okay, the whole variant process is just it's not crazy. Yeah, I'm just hoping that they won't fall, which. It's kind of I'm going to speak it and then, of course, it's going to happen because this is just how it is. But I I really don't want them to fall into the lazy pattern of like, okay, now let us remake Mm. the these same stories, but in a different universe, in a different multiverse, you know, like. Like, oh, come on. Like, give us something original. I mean. Yeah, like, these multiverse stuff, is just, it kind of, like, it kind of goes into the danger zone of just, like, okay, so then what's really at stake if there's, like, another universe where they lose and another universe where they – because where it first kind of touches upon stuff like that was when Doctor Strange was kind of, like, looking at all those possibilities, how they were going to beat Thanos and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, they must have lost, like, so many times. So it's, like, for, for them to put it in the end game, quote-unquote, um, they had to set that, that standard with the – um, with everything that happened uh, as it happened in the Infinity War. So it's just like um, going forward, especially when Chadwick Boseman passed away and everything, you know, that, that I thought he was going to be one of the main anchors going forward. Oh, I wish he, I'm so, I was so sad. Yeah. That was so, that was a hit. That was like a sucker punch. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where they're, they're movie stars and you don't really know them, but there are a certain mm-hmm. amount of like, you feel like you know them. No, seriously, because like you know, I cried when I watched like uh, Black Panther and everything. After he was gone, uh, when he, after no, no, not after when he was gone. Like actually, I cried in the theater when he actually had to go to that uh, ancestral plane to meet his father and yes. everything. Yeah. Like that, that was really great. I was like, oh man, because it was like it was like right after I turned twenty. I think was it before or right? Because like my birthday is February fifteenth. This movie came out twenty eighteen, so this is right around the time I turned twenty. So it's like yeah. I saw like my birthday to see Black Panther. So I was like, oh yes, I knew about Black panther but now they're putting in theaters now and yeah. I'm like, i was really really liking it and then it's just like from that and then it's like no that there won't be a sequel i thought it was going to be one of the main anchors going forward i, I think he yeah. would he would have been i really think that yeah. they he would have been based on like they were they recovered quickly so mm-hmm. they had the black panther movie mm-hmm. then in avengers infinity war mm-hmm. he was in there so little mm-hmm. yeah and and it was quite like it was palpable mm-hmm. how little he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they were, they pivoted mm-hmm. and they were trying to like having him be the first one to come back mm-hmm. after they snapped the fingers mm-hmm. and like reinstating mm-hmm. him as the king. Like, I really think that they would have done more if he hadn't have just in reality passed away. I think that, yeah, I think that it could have been a toll because they set up a whole mm-hmm a whole story at the end where they were really going to like expand um, Wakanda out into, mm-hmm. into, the, into world, the world. Basically. Yeah. So yeah, I really think they would have. Yeah. I've kind of would have seen him as probably like, not like the new Iron Man in a sense, but like definitely like an anchor going forward. Cause like Iron Man was that main anchor. Oh yeah. I think he would have yeah. been an Avenger going yeah. forward. Like he would have been in the Avengers movies. Absolutely. I think that they were hinting in, at that when they put him in Captain America civil war, mm-hmm. that he was going to start being like, more of an Avenger mm-hmm. staple. I yeah. absolutely think so. For sure. Considering like the resources he had, the technology he had, it's just like him being a King and like, you know, known for actually being a part of politics too you know that really would have set the tone for him just really being like the figurehead of like the avengers moving forward in the place where like you know iron man was not so it just i feel like that's kind of gone to like doctor strange to a degree now 
but for for more or less of what it means and everything, you know, I I, I think it's pretty cool and everything, you know, because it's like then we got Spider Man, Doctor Strange, and, and like you know, like the new Captain America. I thought like you know, like he was gonna be like the main one, kind of bringing everything together now. But, I gotta tell you, I did not finish Captain America and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. when the fake Captain America took the um strength potion and it didn't go to Sam. I was like, I'm done. Oh, you didn't finish I was that so movie? mad. No, I was so mad. I think he's going to be like one of the Thunderbolts now, I think, going forward. Like, you know, like he's still he's not Captain America. He's going to be just U.S. agent now. But like it's him. It's a team with him. Um, it was going to be like Red Hulk on that team, too. And who else is going to be on it? Uh, Ghost from uh, the second uh, from the Admin and the Wasp movie, like mm-hmm. the girl that could like phase through the wall. Mm-hmm. Big cliffhanger. She didn't get her cure, so we don't know where yeah. she's at in life. Um, so it's like, you know, it's just it's just going to be a lot of stuff going on. It's, there's a whole lot of exciting things to look forward to in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's like, still that little bag of like, you know, there's got to be like an end to it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. I don't know. Happening. I think as long as they can make money on it, they'll find ways to continue to make movies. Go straight to the 2040s. With the you think yeah, that, sure. that might be possible? Why not go all the way? That's, that's <laughs> They'll still be making Avengers movies when I'm turning in my grave. <laughs> still pretty scary now. So it's like because you don't want it to be like just like you want to you know for it to even reach that milestone of getting all of them on the Avengers in 2012, which is like a crazy time. Like me and my brother, they're like, oh wow, now they're on the same movie, and now it happens multiple times. Like oh wow, they're in the same movie, but like a couple times and still pretty good movie though. But it's just like it's just it's just, it's still that quick that's just like man I really hope it doesn't plateau I feel like it's starting to get into that era where it's like okay after Thanos they're trying to make King the Conqueror like the main bad person but then it's like we still don't have an idea what his plans are and like what he wants to get King the Conqueror have you seen Loki yeah yeah the guy Oh, the the guy that runs time. Yeah, basically, oh, he's okay. Kang the Conqueror, basically. Okay, and there's variants of him, all sorts of variants, and they're all supposed to be bad. So it's like it's kind of think like a merger between Ultron and Thanos. And see, I think they have yeah. some really um, interesting villain potential in the um, the updated Ten Rings mm. at the end of Shang Chi. Yeah. Uh, he was or supposed Shang, to be Shang Chi. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he was the Mandarin was supposed to be Iron Man's bad guy. Well, no, but then at the end of that movie, they set it up where this instead of tearing down and closing the Ten Rings, the sisters keeping it going. Mm, okay, well, I mean, at the same time, Iron Man ain't here to go up against that. Now it's like a Shang Chi villain. It's just like I would have really liked to see that dynamic of the technology of war and stuff that mankind creates versus like the mysticism, like how it could be sinister, like how can technology fight that? I would have really loved that, but it's like yeah, Iron Man 3, they didn't have it. We could really be here talking about this forever. <laughs> but I want to be able to keep this grounded. <laughs> I want to keep this grounded back to Queen's Grant. Everything. Um, but any, well, anyway, uh, beyond other memories and everything, what are some other memories that you would cherish out of like Queen's? Because I don't have to make you like dig in, dig in, dig in, and go on and on and on. But like, what are, what are some things that you would cherish about it? Yeah. Let's see. I will always be grateful to have that. It was my first classroom, mm-hmm. um, and getting to put together you know, my curriculum and my, uh, bulletin boards and some of that stuff I really appreciated and enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to think specific. I, I always will be grateful for the opportunity to encourage students specifically, I think 
young men and I don't want to sound weird. Um, I think that, I think that, I think people break boys. It's okay. And, and I think that it's okay to break them if you work to put them back together so that they can be a better man. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a certain amount of like, I will break him as a boy and I won't build him back as a man. Yeah. And, um, that was something that that I, uh, something I really feel like I noticed and I tried to battle, I guess. I wouldn't say battle, try to be more nourishing in terms of just like, you know, like, cause I know I want, one of the best things about your class is like, it never felt like just a class. It just felt like, you know, like, you know, that was one of the few blocks of like the day where it's like, okay, I can relax and everything. I wasn't on edge. Cause there were some teachers, I'm not trying to, I'm going to bring them out. And then who used to like pull me out of class and say like, I was like a waste of time and everything that still lingers with me even to this day, you know, and I'm like, why would you get this job? to put down other kids like and it's just like you do realize you are like adults and everything i'm 24 i couldn't imagine like saying that to like anybody younger than me like i got cousins and everything and i always try to build them up i always try to spend time and it's just like you know that that development stage and everything that could really carry out in multiple ways you know they do internalize that it's being truth and then they take it and like oh you know it doesn't matter what i do i'm a waste of time aren't i or it's like they are invigorated it's like you know i'm gonna prove you otherwise and in a sense i feel like i kind of did but there's always like a a part of me that feels like i still have to keep working you know and it's just like it's a good thing and a bad thing but it's mostly a good thing depending on how you look at it but it's just like you know it's like for your class i feel like it was like a class where it's like i felt like you know welcomed you know where i felt like i could just like okay you know like this teacher actually wants me to succeed you know i'm not a threat to her and everything i'm actually like a human being at the time you know like i feel like a lot of uh students actually you know face situations like that and they kind of fall out of line with school and then they don't want to go to school i went to college only about 80 percent of the people that go to the school are women and it's just like it's sad Mm -hmm. because you're gonna need an education to really find a job specifically you know and then like you have friends that go into scamming and go into drugs and stuff of that nature and i'm like that's not the job security with that it's not it's not good not good <laughs> not you know i'd rather just grow within a system and actually like build my skill set going forward you know i don't mind being humble at times maybe i might not have the best clothes or the best shoes but at least i'm in the right side where it's just like you know i can actually set an example for my cousins and my other family while also pushing you know uh, the boundaries or the perceived limitations in my own life you know i never thought i'd be able to like graduate from college as cum laude and everything you know and it's just why i spell tell the people that's like really is like we hear like the way you talk and you seem pretty articulate but it's like it wasn't always like that there were times where people kind of saw us like oh you're imbecilic or like something like that and it's just like you know you realize i'm joking sometimes like i'm not serious and then it's just like the you know there are some teachers that you know that actually know your potential and realize it and there's some teachers that just don't and everything would you say you're one of the teachers to kind of look for the best in other people no matter what i mean it's gonna sound like a self-brag and i don't mean to sound braggy but i yeah i try to you know i um was always tried to be very careful if i had a student that was a sibling of another student i tried to make sure that i didn't ever compare or call them by their siblings name mm-hmm. um be very purposeful that this is a unique person everyone is unique and everyone has value um everyone has has value because you know 
God puts value on people. He, you know, gave his son for people and that's a, that's a high price. And so to, to belittle or diminish or, and you know, I'm not perfect. I'm sure that somewhere out there, there are students who felt like I belittled them mm-hmm. or that I, you know, shoved them to the side or that I never saw them or that I, you know, wouldn't know their name or I wouldn't recognize them in the street or whatever the thing is. And, and I would hope that that's not true. I would hope that I was never the person in someone's life that, that that's the voice in their head, the Mrs. Sinclair saying something mm-hmm. nasty or mean. Um, mm-hmm. I would hope that that's not true, but I, you know, too aware of my own imperfections Mm -hmm. to say that it's probably not true. Um, I, you know, I think, but I just think it, it's important to be, especially when you're in a position of authority like that, to be as mindful. Yeah. That's a good word. Mindful. Yeah. I learned a lot of words in these classes. (laughs) Yeah. Mindful and aware and, and remembering that just like, when I come through the door, there's a lot of stuff happening in my life outside of that classroom. Mm-hmm. Same with the students. There's a lot happening in their life that I don't know. You know, everyone's an iceberg. We have, you know, this much on the surface and all that underneath that's happening that we don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would hope that I more than not was a positive mm-hmm. in the, in, in the lives of my students. Well, take it from me. You're definitely are the homie. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Still have that picture of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. It's on my Instagram. I need to find it. I'll, I can definitely. I'll probably. You know what? I'll post it on Instagram as I post it. Your, uh, your. Yeah, I still got it. I, I kind of archived it because I like want to keep. But yeah, I can definitely re re put it. Like definitely. It's so funny. Such a funny funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got on your page, right? I yeah, know. I do. It's yeah, somewhere you, back in my yeah. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if anybody wondered like, what we're laughing about, if you could check it out on my Instagram for sure. Like, uh, see, there's a photo where it's like I left my jacket. Oh, no, no, no. Ziggy left Ziggy his jacket. Left his jacket in your room, and it's like I think you're collecting money for like uh, what was that? Collecting? Actually, it was um, Miss Arch was collecting stuff for uh, the cheerleaders, and oh. I was actually double checking the number for her. Like, oh. she had done the count, and then she was having me double check the count. Uh-huh. And you were in there t- for tutoring. You were doing extra work outside of um class you were it was after school i think you were waiting you had like a we had a 20 minute window where we were working together Mm -hmm. and it was about to wrap up because i think your mom or your ride had come Uh, and we took that (laughs) i had to get his jacket because me and you were a carpool in the same neighborhood i threw it on me threw it on my shoulders we We got my money we run this yes This is one of the many reasons why I really, really love that club because it's like you had no problem with just being just funny and just connecting with other people. You came across as like a human being first instead of just one above all or whatever. I remember um, one time they asked me to teach in the Charlie Brown voice. Oh. And so I did. There's somebody, somebody has a, vo- a video of it somewhere oh. where I'm like holding the book and I'm going, womp, 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 womp. Oh, oh, the adults. Yeah, how the adults yeah. be talking. Yes. Like, Charlie yeah. Brown voice. Like you, you know how to do a Charlie Brown impression? Like, oh no, 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 no the adults. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was one. I remember, um, there was a picture of me on Instagram that I took of me running away from giraffes and <laughs> there was fake giraffes in a store. And, um, Side I remember note. there was a group of, students who took it and there was apparently it was a thing i never ever found it and i would love to see them um but somebody said that they made memes of me running away from random things (laughs) because my face was like 
And so they like took it and photoshopped it and then put me running away from stuff. I used to, I used to always be curious. I would occasionally, I don't really do it anymore, but back there, back for a couple of years, I was really, when I was just starting to get a Twitter, I, you know, signed up for Twitter. Um, can never get into Twitter. I don't know. Uh, I just don't feel like my opinions matter that much. Just put it out there. Like I don't really Maybe say not, that much and honestly you need to get off of it because it's just it's such a cesspool of negativity like yeah. there's very little positive on twitter i'm sorry i, I know it. that there are a few people who post positive things but for the most part it's being just nasty to each other and saying yeah. un- unkind things and yeah. you just can't get a good point across in 140. I get enough negativity from Instagram exactly. and Snapchat. It's just, I don't know, man. Social media is supposed to be used to be social and like a media, like not like, I know it's not the best. Oh. <laughs> social but just, media. But it's just like, at the same time, I feel like people use it as a weapon and everything. You know, cyber bullying is like one thing, spreading rumors, sending pictures to people. It's another use of information, getting information out. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just really sad how people use it for stuff like that. And they could have used it for like things of that nature. I feel like, you know, things like that, like should be used, to, like bring people together because we're far away from the time we used to say like birds and owls to send like letters to people. You know, it's just <laughs> I feel like really appreciate how like easy it is to get inaccessible to somebody like now. Yeah, I feel like the golden era of the Internet happened when I was in college mm. Um, when oh, my cat is this, this is very unusual. This is this cat. This is my little black cat. He is very skittish. Okay. It is very impressive that he is even remotely close to you. Okay. He is very skittish of strangers. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, don't know. I got good vibes. I like you do. Things. You must have very good vibes. He's walking away now. So like well, he's because he, yeah, we were looking at him, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I just think the golden era of internet i really think was when i was in college mm-hmm. you had iming but you could only im people you had email for so it had to be people you knew couldn't just im strangers or message strangers unless you got into a chat room but even then you had to have there was a, a limit of what you like you had to put some specific information in mm-hmm. um facebook you could only have a facebook page if you had a college address and then once you graduated it disappeared. Oh, and now Facebook, everybody had Facebook. And then yep. now it's like, now and then it's Facebook kinda, is yeah. they're They're the extended into Twitter and Instagram. They're, those are like part of their company or they work part of their company originally. So I think that it's kind of turned into a monster um, from something that actually, I mean, it, I used to really enjoy silly finding things on the internet. I can remember there was this place called um, zthing.com. Mm-hmm. It's, can't find it anywhere anymore but they had a bunch of like silly cartoons and games um terrible like there was a game where um you were elves and you were bouncing a reindeer across um trying to teach it how to fly and if you failed it fell and died and santa came and shot it in the head it was quite gross um but that was that 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 channel it was just fun and they had silly um cartoons of like celebrity auditions that they drew that were fake so it was like adam sandler auditioning to be the creepy cannibal in silence of the lambs and like him anyway just ridiculous but you could find some really funny but man i just i don't know i think that the part of the internet that used to be quite a little bit you had to go digging for is now just so much yeah. on the surface it's like you open it up and there it is 
yeah, I guess it just became more aligned with what real life is and what people think uh, is valuable in real life, you know, from status and things of that nature. You got so many followers and everything, and then maybe you matter, maybe you don't and stuff. And then people just use it as a way to just try to, like, break down people's character, try to, like, mentally abuse other people or just, like, you know. But at the same time, it could be actually used for great good, too. Even to this day, you know, the whole podcast situation, I've had uh, discussions with people who've had issues, like, with mental health. So they, that's their way to vent and everything. I've had episodes where people speak on their experiences with that, uh, deal with things like discrimination, you know, stuff of that nature. I wish I could get uh, more uh, females on so we could pretty much talk about the dating culture and everything of that nature. I feel like that's something we really need to address for sure. Because, you know, things are just, I feel like people just stop valuing valuing other people. And I feel like that's where, that's part of this generation, we're going to have the hardest time getting through that over time. Um, because it's like, you know, you can't just treat anybody any any sort of way, you know? Mm-hmm. And you got to really learn to value others and understand that they're human beings. And it's just like, you know, they're not, you know, uh, vehicles um, to just drive your projections or your insecurities away because that's just not the way to handle and deal with other people. You got to treat other people the way uh, you you would want to you would want to be treated, which is pretty pretty basic stuff to mm-hmm. understand. But some people have certain chemical imbalances in the brains, and just certain things they react to, and certain things how they process things won't be the same as the next person. So it's just like it's really just a matter of just maturing as an individual and really just learning to just how to use that for good because i use uh, social media to get um other interviews i use it to network i also use it as a means to just get other information to other people you know it's just like i don't mind seeing other people shine and uh it's just seeing other people win and being happy doesn't discourage my own happiness and i feel like a lot of people don't have that maturity and that's what leads them down a path where it's just like you know they just they just don't seem to keep things uh positive in their life because they just don't want positivity for others and i feel like that's just what a reflection uh reflection of what social media is now so it's like yeah to put that into that perspective but uh we need to really start uh wrapping this up pretty soon because like we actually went over the hour mark i usually stop oh. at an hour well but, some of that is me running around and you'll have to edit it down oh no i pause it i pause it while uh, okay <laughs> i've been doing this for a while now it's just, <laughs> so it's like uh, but it really just for another like a good couple moments and everything if you would like to i like to appreciate you for hopping on and everything yeah. i think it's wonderful no i think it's great to see you like in person because I like, <laughs> you know because it's like i had a tough time at queen's ground from time to time too but it's like i try to share like the friends that i've made and the teachers who actually do believe in me like uh from mr murray you uh mr carr was really good to me the chemistry teacher that lost her foot uh what was Ms. her name miss hamilton. hamilton oh my god yeah she was my dog <laughs> she was very very nice mr angel who used to be a student there at queen's ground became a teacher and he was a really really good teacher um uh, mr gershio was a wonderful teacher. Miss Frederick was a great teacher. Had her all the time for like English and everything. You know, she's one of the reasons why I write down new words and everything. And I just, yeah. just because you know, as a rapper, you got to learn more vocabulary. It's true. Very, very true. Very, very wonderful to do so. But one of my favorite teachers was you for sure, because it was just like, you know, like I never had a, a horrible time or a horrible experience like under <laughs> you as a teacher. But also, I always feel like I could always like, you know, speak to you like you're like a friend too. And like, I really do cherish you, cherish you as a teacher, a mentor and as a friend too that's really sweet thank you t yeah sure it's no problem you had any other uh, last words that you had to let the audience know before we go off um no just i i think i would echo what you say 
treat others well. Mm-hmm. I have a little story for that. Um, when you on. actually, when you said uh, that you shouldn't view people as vehicles to to get to your own destination, I have a story that I think is a fun story for that. Go ahead. Um, a few years ago, I had some friends from Germany mm-hmm. um, that we got to know through actually Mrs. Mills um, and her husband, who works at Siemens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we they were there was a story that was going around of uh, one of the guys that we that we knew Felix, and he was driving his car. Mm-hmm. And he had some of the other guys in the car and they were going in traffic and they were getting ready to have to merge. Their lane was ending and they were saying, Felix, you're going to want to get over now. You're going to get over. He's like, no, no, I'll get over when the line, you know, and nobody waits till the line ends and merges over because nobody lets you in. Nobody ever does. <laughs> like, that's really, like, that's one of the scary moments. Like, well, no, nobody let me in, please, please. I don't want to crash my car. Yeah. So like, here's the hack for that. What Felix said, he rolled his window down. He stuck his head out and he waved at the person. They let him in. Oh. And when when we said we they asked, they said, Why did you how did you do that? And he's like, It is much easier to hit a bumper than it is to hit a face. Mm. So you just gotta remember that everyone around you is a person. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good I didn't know where that story was going at first. I'm like, wow, a car, <laughs> German. So what's what's going what's going on with this one? But it's like, yeah, that's a wonderful story, Miss Sinclair. You know, mama English right there, more <laughs> uh, dropping more lessons every day. <laughs> <laughs> for surely maybe i like to get mr sinclair on for sure because i know my class i i, I think we kind of driven him a little bit crazy sometimes it's just like, he nah, definitely man. had i don't know if it was just your class i think that um sophomore year is a hard year for everyone involved yeah. um i think that but he definitely i know that you guys used to call him the hulk because he was very like bruce banner and then all of a sudden he would just explode no i think that was <laughs> that was mr hill i think that was mr mr hill <laughs> but mr hill was like uh he was he was pretty um, he just was a big personality anyway. He was pretty explosive, I feel like, every day. Not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but just like he was, you know, buoyant and, and, a, and a, a lot. I feel like, I don't know, um, Mr. Sinclair is a little more like volcano. Like uh, you would, he would be quiet, 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 and then explode. Yeah. I guess he carries after uh, Edward Norton's take on the exactly. uh, <laughs> character exactly. yeah. for sure. But yeah, I do appreciate <laughs> you for hopping on. I'm glad to even like even meet up with you today. Like, I swear, like my day was just kind of grim. Like in the morning, I'm like, oh, I woke up late, oh, yeah, da, whatever. But it's uh, it's nice to actually talk to like someone from the past. It's just like, oh, it just kind of brightens up. You know, it just feels like I'm in your class again. <laughs> I really hope you find that rap for sure. I have some. I, I, mean, I have it. Posted. I do have it somewhere, and I will I will dig around for it, and I'll find it, and I will take a picture and send it to you. Oh yeah. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, that would be that would be wonderful. But that's <laughs> it for the Mental Threads podcast, episode one hundred one. Miss Sinclair, whoop, 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 and everything. Forty nine episodes away from reaching my goal. So it's like, yeah, thank you for hopping on. We were sewing in, and now we're sewing out. Take care. Bye. Bye.